So we're in the we're in the midst of this uh, series called Empowered, uh, and again taking us from from uh, Easter through to the day of Pentecost, which is which. Some people say it was the birth of the church. I'm I'm not sure. I think I think God's constantly at work. It's really hard to kind of put a date on anything, um, but but it was certainly a very significant time when there was this outpouring of the Spirit. We. You know, right through the Old Testament, we see the activity of the Spirit. You know, he he anointed uh, craftsmen to to uh, to to build it to to build structure. He he anointed uh, kings and priests and judges. He he came on uh, musicians to make music, and um, so the the Spirit has always been here. And yet, what happened on the day of Pentecost was the fulfillment of Joel's prophecy, which was that that on on everybody. He'll be poured out. It wouldn't just be a few people. It wouldn't just be a few uh, who who have particular jobs, but it would be for all people: uh, male, female, young, old, uh, servants, uh, business owners. It was it was for everybody that they would receive the Spirit. And um, and t- today, what I wanted to do is, uh, I mean, it's a it's a huge topic: the gifts of the Holy Spirit, and and it's an important topic in this series. But what I wanted to do was just just kind of take a look at what happens. When we receive the Holy Spirit, and um, so let me move us along, and and really starting right with the words of Jesus, where he said in John three, and he was talking with Nicodemus, and he, and Jesus answered, and he said, very truly, I tell you that no one can enter the kingdom of God without being born of water and the Spirit. Flesh gives birth to birth to flesh, but the Spirit gives birth to Spirit. You should not be surprised at my saying that you must be born again. The wind blows wherever it pleases, and you hear its sound, but you cannot tell where it comes from or where it is going, and so it is with everyone who is born of the Spirit. And this, in, right at the beginning of John's Gospel is this beautiful invitation to be born of the Spirit. Uh, and, and so it's important for us to kind of pause and go, so what does that mean? You know, what does it mean to be born of water in the Spirit? Um, and again, he's, he's saying that, that uh, we, have to, we have to have a second birth. We, we have to have this moment when we're not just physically born, but we're, but we're born uh, by the Spirit of God. Uh, it's, again, it's really interesting. I, I think a few weeks back, I remember we were, we were talking about this thing of, um, of eternal life. And uh, Jonathan was, was teaching on it. And, and uh, you know, in, in John 17... Jesus, so a little bit later on in John's gospel, he says, Now this is eternal life, that they know you, the only true God, and Jesus Christ whom you've sent. And so, and so what eternal life is, is, is this functional relationship. It's, it's a knowing uh, relationship with God. So to, be a ter- to receive eternal life is to be in this relationship with God. Eternal, eternal death, so therefore, is... is is the break in that relationship, or the or the or the non the non-existence of that relationship? So eternal death is is to forever have no connection, have no relationship to the Spirit of God. Again, um, you know, physical death is just simply when our when our spirit parts company with our body. We're you know, if you've ever had the privilege of of watching someone pass from this life into the next, um, it, it's it, I mean, it's a it's a deeply sad you know and, and grief filled moment, but it's also this incredible moment because you realise that this body that was once animated by the spirit is no longer animated. It's it's just a body, but life is carried on. So f- physical death is the break between the body and the spirit. 
and and uh, you know f- physical death. Sorry, is when is when there's a break between the the body, the physical life, and the spirit. And in the same way, spiritual life, spiritual life is when when someone's spiritually alive, they're in relationship with the spirit of God. The, the, there's a connection there. Uh, and when someone's spiritually dead, everything looks exactly the same, but there's no connection to the Spirit of God. So, so life and death is always life and death are always relational terms. They're, it's really interesting. Um, anyway, the reason I'm telling you that is is when we're given the gift of the Holy Spirit to stay with us forever, He He doesn't just it, it's not just a kind of a, a, a once for all experience, or, or or for lots of people. It, Perhaps it doesn't even feel like an experience. It was, it was something that you can't remember back uh, to when, it did, when you didn't have that relationship with God. And it's in, again, in the book of Acts, and, and I, I'm going to take us through a bunch of scripture this morning, but in the book of Acts, there's, there's five examples or, or five, five stories of when people received the Holy Spirit. So really quickly going through it, in, in Acts chapter 2, verses 1 through 4, the day of Pentecost, which is, which is what we're leading up to and, and re- reminding ourselves of it. And, and one of the things that happened when the, when, this, when the Holy Spirit was poured out on the 120 gathered in the upper room, one of the things that people noticed was that people were, uh, uh, the, the apostles looked and heard and they said, we hear, we hear people uh, from from all over, from all from all sorts of different places, worshiping and praising God in their own languages. So so there was so there was this incredible experience of of people. Uh, sorry, uh, people people from other nations were hearing these people, the 120 who weren't from those nations. Sorry, getting the story completely muddled for you. Uh, please, God, clarity here. Um, but, but, but there was people from all around saying. We're hearing Jewish believers speaking in our language. And, and, and what they're saying is they're, is they're giving praise to God and worship to God. It was, it was a remarkable thing. Uh, you know, obviously other things happened there. In Acts chapter 8, uh, verses 14 through 18, uh, Peter and John uh, had gone down to uh, visit some uh, believers in Samaria after hearing that uh, people there had accepted the gospel and had been baptized. But when they got there, they said, you know, have, have you heard about the Holy Spirit? And they said, no, we didn't even know there was one. Uh, and um, and when it says, and when Peter and John prayed for them uh, and they received the Holy Spirit, something happened. And something, something dramatic enough happened that Simon the sorcerer looked and said, I want what you've got because I, I want to be able to do that kind of party trick as well. So they, they saw something very significant that took place. You know, and, and, uh, they, so it wasn't just a, a quiet receiving and saying thank you, but it was something dramatically changed at that moment. And they, it says and they, they spoke in unlearned languages. In Acts chapter 9, the, another example, when uh, Saul has his Damascus, Damascus Road uh, experience. So he's, he's at this point one of the chief persecutors of the church. And he's, he's heading down to Damascus to, to find and to, uh, and to hand over uh, believers in Jesus. And on his way there, it says the spirit of Jesus appeared to him uh, with, with such a blinding light and with a sound uh, and he, that he fell off his horse and couldn't see. Uh, and uh, the spirit of Jesus then said to him, uh, go to, go to uh, this place and seek out this guy called Ananias, Ananias. And, and he'll pray for you and you'll see again. And so when, when uh, Paul goes uh, and finds Ananias, and Ananias indeed 
you know, initially extremely frightened of, of having a visit from uh, Saul, the persecutor of the church, but he prays for him just, and, and it says something like scales fell off his eyes and he was able to see again. And, and it's interesting, this is the one place where it doesn't say explicitly that Paul spoke in an unlearned, in unlearned languages or spoken tongues. Uh, but he, and I'm going I'm to use those two terms interchangeably because, because tongues is one of those words that's often charged with meaning. You know, either really positive meaning for some of us and very negative meanings for some of us. Um, but tongues, tongues is just, it's this, it's this ability to speak in a, le- a language that you haven't learned. That it's, that it's just been given to you as a gift. Uh, but what we do know about Paul, or Saul as he was known at this point, Paul goes on later in, in uh, Acts, uh, sorry, in 1 Corinthians 14 and says, uh, you know, I thank God that I speak in tongues more than you all. So we certainly know that he was a, a tongue speaker. He was, he was someone who, who could speak in this unlearned language. Uh, like I say, it's not explicitly written in the text, but we, but we know that that's an experience that he did have. Uh, in Acts chapter 10, uh, verses 44 through 48, Cornelius and his household are the first non-Israelite believers that believed in Jesus. And, uh, and, and Peter comes, and, he, and as he's preaching the scriptures to, to, to these people, the Holy Spirit fills them, and he obviously sees something and hears something, and he says, what, what would stop us, therefore, from baptizing these people? Because truly, the Holy Spirit's not just for us. It's not just for, for people from, a, you know, from the Jewish belief, but it's, but it's for all people, even, even those Gentiles. Uh, and, and again, so they go ahead and baptize them as, in water as brothers and sisters. And then finally, the fifth example is, is in uh, Acts chapter 19, where Paul meets, uh, goes and meets some believers in Ephesus. And again, they, they haven't received the Holy Spirit because they didn't know about him. They'd, they'd experienced John's baptism, which was a baptism for, from, for repentance of sins, uh, to have our sins washed away. And, and Paul lays hands on them, and it says, and they spoke in unlearned languages, and they prophesied. So why am I telling you all this? Glad you asked. Um, we, it's important for us to kind of realize when the Holy Spirit's given to us, whether something dramatic happens or nothing dramatic happens. It, 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 doesn't matter, it doesn't matter what kind of experience we've had. But what it does say is it says that something is given to us at that point. We're given the Holy Spirit in, in terms of being connected to the Holy Spirit. But also there's, there's this thing of gift giving that takes place. And, and, and like I say, I, you know, I, I know... You know, I know some people have quite dramatic experiences when they get first filled with the Holy Spirit, and others, others, nothing. You know, there's, there's no kind of there's no there's no emotional experience. There's no there's no obvious change, and it's all good. You know, I'm gonna I'm gonna come back and unpack it a little bit because it's really important. Because otherwise, we end up with this kind of sense of this this kind of first class Christians and second class Christians. You know, there's there's some who have all sorts of excitement and and all these amazing supernatural things happen, and others others just kind of like I'm just I'm just hanging on by the you know by my fingernails, just believing that something's happened to me. You know, I'm, I'm believing it because the word the word is truth, and I'm believing it because I can trust God. But I've experienced, I've, I feel like I've got nothing. It's absolutely okay. Um, let, me, let me continue on and, and we'll come back and we'll answer that question if I haven't answered it by the end. But because I think, I think sometimes people feel bad. I think people, sometimes people kind of go, well, maybe, 
God just doesn't like me. You know, maybe he just likes everybody else. And everybody else is having this amazing experience with God. And, I, and I'm pouring my heart out to him in prayer, singing my heart out to him in worship. Nothing. You know, just flatlining. It's going to be all right. Uh, <clears throat> let, me, um, let me carry on. One of the things about the, 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 what the Holy Spirit does, on, initially on the day of Pentecost and then for believers ever since, is that he gives these amazing gifts for us to pass on to others. So the Holy Spirit is given to all of us who, rec- who receive Jesus as our Lord. Uh, so so there's, no, there's no one who's given their, their life to Jesus who doesn't have the Holy Spirit. We, we have him. He's been given to us. We can't be born again without him. You know, so it does, it's got nothing to do with the, the experience that we've had. It's got everything to do with this, with this simple trusting in him and saying, God, I receive what you said. But, but the reason the Holy Spirit is given to us is probably for these two main strands. One is, on one form, is to teach us and to form us. And on the other strand is, is simply to continue the ministry of Jesus but all to the glory of God. It, this, is, this is all given so that, so that God's kingdom would continue to expand. And, and in a sense, you know, we can characterize it by, by the fruit of the Spirit and, and by the gifts of the Spirit. You know, the fruit of the Spirit is like, is like we, re, we receive and we develop the nature and the character of Christ. You know, we, when, when we look back over our lives, from when we first became believers to, to who we are now, we've changed. You know, our selfishness has diminished year by year. You know, our concern, our hunger for the things that are really important in life increase. So, so you know, sometimes, sometimes we have dramatic encounters with God. Sometimes they're just gradual, learning, 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 changing, changing, changing. It's, it's an incredible thing. And, you know, and so, the, so the fruit of the Spirit is the nature and the character of Christ being formed in us. And the gifts of the Spirit are like the senses of the church or the, or the power and, or the effect of Jesus. You know, think about all the, all the miracles, all the healings, all the, all the beautiful words that Jesus spoke, all through the Gospels. The Gospels are given to us as this, as this wonderful account of what happens when Jesus steps into your life. You know, and the joy that came, you know, when, when, those, when those friends brought the, brought the lame man and, and uh, couldn't get him into the house that Jesus was preaching, and so they tore a hole in the roof and lowered him down. But the, the incredible joy that took place not only for that man who could now work, you know, walk again and work again, but the joy for his friends, the joy for the people around him. So every, every time God intervenes into the affairs of humanity, great joy comes. You know, sometimes, like I say, I'm going to keep saying this over and over to you're sick of it, but, but you know, it can be dramatic, it can be gradual, but it's God at work. It's an amazing, beautiful thing. So the fruit of the Spirit, and, and uh, have I got this? Do I have this? Yes. So the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. And against such things there is no law. Those who belong to Jesus Christ, people like us, have crucified the sinful nature with its passions and desires. And this is what's being formed in us. And, and, it's, and that fruit is growing day by day. You know, whether we're aware of it or not, it's growing. And then the other part of this whole equation, I guess, is, is, the, is the gifts of the Spirit. Uh, and, and, and like I say, in, in some ways it's, it's been a contentious issue for some people. For other people it's been a deeply, a deeply discouraging process. 
And, and I'd love to just kind of unpack it a little, you know, because it's meant to be a great gift. It's meant to be, it's, it's meant to produce joy. It's meant to produce change. Uh, and um, there's, there's four main passages in the Bible that speak about spiritual gifts. There's, there's uh, the passage in 1 Corinthians 12. There's a, there's a passage in Romans 12. There's another passage in Ephesians 4. And there's another one in, in, in 1 Peter 4. So, so the first one we're going to take a quick look at is the motivational gifts. Um, and, and, you know, theologians have tended to call them that because, because these are things that, that we have that motivate us to respond in a certain way. So it says, For by the grace given to me, I say to every one of you, do not think of yourself more highly than you ought, but rather think of yourself with sober judgment in accordance with the faith God has distributed to each of you. For just as each of us has one body with many members, uh, these, and these members do not all have the same function, so in Christ... We, though many, form one body, and each member belongs to all the others. We have different gifts according to the grace given us. So if your gift is prophesying, then prophesy in accordance with your faith. If it's serving, then serve. If it's teaching, then teach. If it's to encourage, then give encouragement. If it's giving, then give generously. If it's to lead, do it diligently. If it's to show mercy, do it cheerfully. And so, you know, we... These gifts are given to us permanently. They're right in the very core of our being. They cause us to respond in different situations uniquely. And we tend to have a mix of them. You know, it's not like, well, I've, you know, I've just got teaching, so I don't need to be merciful or cheerful. You know, I, you know I just, I'm just going to tell everyone what to do. You know, fortunately, we have this beautiful mix of them. That, that, but, it, but we always respond in a different way. I'm always, I'm always amazed at how, at how my... Gorgeous wife responds in situations, and, and, and I don't. You know, I'm, I'm kind of like, it's amazing. You know, I, I, I love the gift mix. You know, it's one of the many things that attracted to me to her in the early days, but, but, and, and continues to. But, but each one of us responds. You know, you know sometimes if, if someone's hurting, my first response is, this is awkward. <laughs> I just, I'll just mosey on out of here. Uh, Whereas, whereas Vicky would just rush in there to try and, to try and bring some, some healing. It's not that I don't care, because I don't think I would be a follower of Jesus if I didn't care. It's just like, but my, 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 my normal response would be to kind of think, how can, how can I, might, I might have something to tell you at the end of all this, but, and it might be how to not get back into the situation again. But, but, you know, but do you know what I'm saying? So, so all of us respond in different ways. You know, many of us are just, are just drawn, you know, drawn to try and help people figure things out. Some of us, some of us just have this, this ability to kind of go, this is, this is what you should do. You know, others of us kind of, we, we, our response is, how can I help? You know, how can I, is, it, is there something I can do that could make life easier for you? So all of us respond in different ways. So these are the motivational gifts. And, and they're ours forever. They, they, they form us. They, they, they create our personality even. And then there's another listing of gifts in Ephesians 4, uh, 11 and 12. So Christ uh, gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the pastors and teachers to equip people for works of service so that the body of Christ may be built up. And, and these, these gifts, again, I, you know, I, I would, I, my contention would be all of us have some mix of these. That all of us tend to respond in different kinds of ways, you know. I, I mean, I, I enjoy teaching, you know. It's not. It doesn't. It doesn't feel like terrible work to me. It's. It's. It's an enjoyable thing 
I feel like I, if I, could, I, could, I could bring some contribution to the body of Christ by doing this. Uh, but, and other people would respond in different ways. You know, some people, I, I, again, I just so deeply admire people who are just always looking for the, looking for the people that don't know Jesus. It's not that I don't want to tell other people about Jesus. It's just that it's probably not the first thing that my response would be. Do you, are we okay here? Yeah. So, the, so these are, um, you know, again, these gifts come as a unique mix, and, the, and they're the way that we just naturally tend to lead or respond in situations. And then, there are, then there's another list of gifts, uh, and it's this, gift, it's this list of gifts that tends to be the contentious ones, the ones that we kind of go, mm, I'm not sure about these things. Anyway, let's read this. Now about the gifts, so this is 1 Corinthians 12, verses 1 through 11. Now about the gifts of the Spirit, brothers and sisters, I do not want you to be uninformed. You know that when you were pagans, somehow or other you were influenced and led astray to mute idols. Therefore, I want you to know that no one who is speaking by the Spirit of God says, Jesus be cursed, and no one can say Jesus is Lord except by the Holy Spirit. You know, so uh, almost, almost encouraging us right at the beginning. If, if your heart is, is drawn to Jesus, you don't, you don't need to worry. You know, it's, it's only by the Spirit of God that, that we're drawn to him. He's, he's an amazing God. And, and then Paul goes on and he says, and there are different kinds of gifts, uh, but the same Spirit distributes them. There are different kinds of service, uh, but the same Lord. There are different kinds of working. But in all of them and in everyone, it's the same God at work. And now to one, to, now to each one, the manifestation is given for the common good. So, this, so he's, he's drawing this, this scenario of when, when we're together, uh, particularly, then, then I, I, remember, I, um, I remember hearing someone talking about it's like the dancing hand of God. He just distributes the gifts to whoever he wants. It's, it's, it's not us that kind of goes, I, I, I want this. But he prompts different ones. He, he gives something to different people. So, to, um, so now to each one, the manifestation of the Spirit is given for the common good. To one, there is given through the Spirit a message of wisdom. Uh, to another, a message of knowledge by the same Spirit. To another, faith by the same Spirit. To another, gifts of healing by that one Spirit. To another, miraculous powers. To another, prophecy. To another, the distinguishing between Spirits. To another, speaking in different kinds of tongues, and to still another, the interpretation of tongues. And all of these are the work of the one and the same Spirit, and he distributes them to each one, just as he determines. Now, again, you know, I, I would, I, I think one of the things that's kind of helped me over the years, in terms of, in terms of personally understanding these things, and, and also in terms of helping other people understand them, I think, I think it's almost helpful to think about them rather than gifts that we get to keep. They're like tools that we get to use. They're, they're, they're something that God gives us to help solve a problem. You know, whether it's someone's sick, whether it's someone, you know, is confused, whether it's someone who's, you know, who's uh, bound up in some way. You know, they're, 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 gifts, they're, they're gifts that are like tools that help us help that person get free. And let me read you the, the, just one more list, and then, then we'll kind of try and unpack it a little bit. And in First um, Peter chapter four, verse seven through eleven, it says, "The end of all things is near. So therefore, be alert and of sober mind, that you might pray. And above all, love each other deeply, because love covers over a multitude of sins." One of the most beautiful verses in the scriptures, quite frankly. Um, Offer hospitality to one another without grumbling. Each of you should use whatever gift you've received to serve others as faithful stewards of God's grace in its various forms. And if you speak, you should speak 
you should do so as one who speaks the very words of God. And if you serve, you should do so with the strength that God provides, so that in all things God may be praised through Jesus Christ. And to him be the glory and the power forever and ever. Amen. There's a, and there's another, there's another uh, passage towards the end of uh, 1 Corinthians 12 that just talks about, you know, here's a whole lot of gifts. They almost seem like they're numbered this way, but always, you know, but look for the greatest gift. Look for, in other words, what's the, what's the gift that's needed at this moment? You know, and I often use the example of if, if someone's sick, you know, getting a prophecy will be a blessing, but what they'd really like to do is not be sick. You know, so the greatest gift is, is to give them the gift of healing, <clears throat> which very cleverly just helps us for another, uh, another thought of how to think about these gifts. So how does the Holy Spirit give us these gifts to give away? You know, how, how does he do that? You know, when, we're, when we're filled with the Holy Spirit, as we are, we, we have the Holy Spirit within us. So if we have the Holy Spirit within us, we have the potential to move any of these gifts because all the gifts are resident in him, and we have him. He's in us. So it's not like, well, I just get one. You know, or maybe if I'm really good, I get, I get more than that. I, th- I think one of the, one of the most helpful um, pictures, perhaps, to think about uh, is, is this, that God... And his love and his goodness is wanting... If we, if we imagine, again, using, using my wife as, a, as an example, if, if she's sitting there and she's sick, you know, I, I mean, God could just heal her without any of us being involved. But one of the things that... One of the, one of the, nat- one of the parts of the nature of God is this, that he's looking for us to be participants. He's looking for us to be involved in this. He's not, he's not looking for us to just be uh, un- detached observers but he's looking for us to be participants. And so, and so if, if Victoria is, is sick, he's thinking, who can, I, who, can I, uh, who can I give this gift to to pass on to her? So, so one of the things about the, the, the First Corinthians uh, gifts of the Spirit, often known as the charismatic gifts of the Spirit, one of the things that's really helpful for us to think about is this. It's, the, it's who's the end recipient? Who gets the gift of? The, no, I know. I know lots of us know this already, but just for the sake of for the sake of completeness, you know, it's really helpful for us to think about. If I go over there and I lay hands on 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 Victoria, and and she gets healed, who got the gift of healing? Exactly, you 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 know this. It wasn't me. I don't I don't have the gift of healing because I wasn't sick in the first place. I, I I'm just merely the delivery boy. You know, all I've done is I as I've received something from God. I've taken it over to her, prayed for her, laid hands on her, whatever it may be. And you know, if it was a prophecy, I, I would have I would have delivered a prophecy to her, and the prophecy would be hers. So, th- so the end user of the gift is the one who receives it at the end, who's who was once sick and is now well. It's it's a really important point for us to understand, because otherwise we get really hooked up in, into this thing of well, I you know I've got the gift of healing. Well, uh, only if you are once sick and are now well. That's the only occasion you can say I've got the gift of healing. You know, it's not. It's not that I'm really good at. It, it's, it's got nothing to do with how good I am at praying for people. It, it's just simply I've received something from God, and I've passed it on. And that, it, it, to the best of my ability, I've tr- I've tried to kind of almost almost map out the experience, how, how this thing happens, because the way that the spiritual gifts move is, or the, the way that we get a gift from God to the person who needs it is through this process. It, it's first of all that the Holy Spirit communicates to our human spirit 
that he's got something to give someone. And, and, and that can be, that, that, that in itself is not an emotional experience. It, it's just he's communicating with our spirit. You know, and, and we're used to this. You know, I mean, sure, I'm, I'm sure all of us have kind of walked into a place that kind of feels creepy. You know, you walk into a, a shop somewhere, and it's, you know, it's like, ugh, this place feels awful. You know, how do we, how do we know that? It's because there's something, there's a presence in that place. And our spirit is registering. We, we, we notice something, you know. Or, or you can go to another place. You know, oftentimes you go to places and, and, and it will just feel so peaceful. Why is that? Because there's a presence there. There's a, there's, a, there's a spiritual presence in that place that helps. That we just go, this is good. This is a safe place. You know, the, the Celtic church used to call it a thin place. It was, it was a place where God felt close, you know. And so, so our spirit communicates with the, the Holy Spirit communicates to our spirit. And then what, this, what our human spirit does is this then goes through this interpretation process. Because that in itself won't be able, is not sufficient to pass the gift on. So what tends to happen is, is, we, is we have some sort of emotional response, which, which may be quite marked, you know, or, or if, if you've been gifted with the same sort of emotions that I have, just the flatline ones, then it'll be like, hmm, I guess I, guess I should do something, you know. Um, so, so it's, you know, again, it's, it's got no, it's, God knows us. He's made us beautifully, you know, he's, and he's made us to be participants. And so, and so what happens is often we have this slight emotional response of, I, I, I remember the very first time that, that I felt like God had given me a prophecy. And my, my heart was beating so hard, I was, I was afraid it was going to burst out of my chest. My, my palms were sweaty, my mouth was full of cotton wool. You know, it was the most difficult thing. It was like, you know, and I, and I think the prophecy was probably something like, ah, God loves you. <laughs> Boom. You know, that changed the world. Uh, you know. <laughs> but it, but it, was, it was the beginning of this learning to receive and pass on, to get something from God. Pass it on, you know. So, so oftentimes our emotions will be involved. We'll, we'll sense that he's up to something. And then what tends to happen is, is our mind then goes, what is it? You know, what am I meant to say in this situation? So, so our intellect is involved. And, and what God gives to our spirit is then interpreted through our mind. Yeah, and we, and we, put, we put our thoughts, our personality, our, our, whole, our, you know, our whole social background, our, you know, who we are as a person shapes that and then the will is involved and we choose am I going to pass this on or not now again confession time I've been in lots of meetings where where I've felt like God has given me something but being the the, the shy nerd that I am I'm kind of like please God give that to somebody else <laughs> I'm sure no one else here has ever done that because you're much more courageous but but there's been plenty of times I'm like I know I've got something from God but oh God I don't I you know I just don't want to I don't want to speak in public you know and um so, so our will is involved at that moment. And, and we, then, we then, you know, the, the, the more we do this, the better we get at it. And the more we kind of say, okay, I think he's given me an invitation to say this to this person. And then our body gets involved. And it's either, our, you know, we say something or we lay a hand on someone's shoulder or, you know, or whatever, whatever it may be. But, but our body has to do it. So, that, so there's this beautiful invitation. We receive something from the Holy Spirit. It comes through our entire personality. And we then pass it on to somebody else because it's not our gift. The gift is for the end user. You know. Okay. I, again, I, I'm, I'm sorry if it feels like I'm... 
trying to teach my grandmother to suck eggs, I think, is the, um, is the expression. But, you know, I, I know that a lot of us are really familiar with this, but it's really important because it can be a thing that just really kind of confuses people. You know, th there's a lot of us in this room here who probably don't have those kind of emotional responses. You know, the, the, it, it's really easy for us to feel really bad. It's kind of like, well... I, you know, I, I watch people who, who can give a, a, something prophetic, and it just sounds amazing. And when I do it, it just sounds like I'm just giving someone advice. You know, it, it, but, but both are valid. You know? Some people have these incredibly emotional responses to God. You know, I, I, I mean, I've been leading worship for 45 years. I don't think I've ever cried in worship you know, I've cried when people have prayed for me sometimes, but I, but I've never kind of I've never been so moved by the songs that I just, I just want to weep, and, you know. And and there's been plenty of times where I'm like, what is wrong with me? You know, what's wrong with this brittle, hard heart that that I I don't know. It's just the way I've been put together. You know, I'm a I'm a product of screwed up generations, probably. You know, <laughs> but but it's just it's just who I am. And and I guess what I'm saying to us as a congregation is there's no one way. You know, and again, you know, if you have if you have incredibly emotional responses when the, when the Holy Spirit comes into the room, you know, and, and you and you you have a very emotional response to it, there's nothing wrong with that either. So, you know, what I'm saying it's 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 not it's not our response. It's just simply receiving it. And for some of us, we we just have this deeply non-emotive, rational response. I think God wants to say this. And both are beautiful, and both bring life. Because you're bringing those words from God and you're delivering them to someone else's heart and they, and they are blessed by those words. I, I, you know, I, I, hope this is, I hope it's helpful. I hope it's, I hope it's helping us to kind of go, it does, you know, God loves us how we've been made. He's not trying to change us into something else. He's not, he's not trying to make us like anyone else in the room. He's just, you know, if, if we're not naturally demonstrative emotionally... Absolutely okay. You, you, you're being totally congruent to who you are. And, and what we find is that the more, the more we do it, the more easier it is to recognize, I think God's given me something to pass on to somebody else. All right, let me look at the time. <clears throat> so again, it's really important to think about this as being, you know, I, I think sometimes the gifts get a bad reputation because either either we feel like, well, it's just it's just someone who's emotionally out of control, or it feels like this that I probably can't be a Christian because I'm not feeling what everyone else is feeling. I'm not having that same response. And and if anything, I just want to say, possibly the, the most important thing I want to say this morning is it's every one of us is going to respond really differently to the presence of the Holy Spirit. He's going to do it very congruent to who you are. He's not going to make you know, a, a, an introverted, uh, not, not very expressive person suddenly into a raving extrovert. And he's not going to turn a very extroverted, demonstrative person into an introvert. He's, he's, just, he's, going, to, he's going to use you exactly how you are. He loves you exactly how you are. That's why he chose you exactly as you are. You know, it's, it's the goodness of God. He is lovely. All right, let me, let me give you one more concept. And, and it's this thing that oftentimes what happens is, is we tend to get better at using some gifts than others. So you know, again, in this room here, you, know, you almost kind of know, 
oh my gosh, you know, I'm sick. I, you know, I, I know this person's really good at, at passing on the gift of healing. You know, and we'll tend to go to that person and say, would you pray for me? Or you know, if, if we wanted something prophetic, we're, we're wondering, what, what, you know, Lord, what are you saying to me? I feel, I feel very distant from you. We'd, we'd tend to look. and There'd be certain people that you'd look around in this room here, even this morning, you'd go, I bet if, if that person prayed for me, I bet you they'd get something. Uh, and, and, there's a, and there's a reason for that. And this is sometimes how we tend to think, well, I've got the gift of prophecy or I've got the gift of healing or I've got the gift of, of a message of wisdom or I've got the gift of, of miracles. What it tends to be is, is, is the very first time, so my very first, the very first time I bought that prophecy, the deep, world-shattering uh, prophecy of God loves you, I think. Um, and that's, that's you know, it, it's just simply... Being a good person, being a good follower of Jesus, and praying for someone, and thinking, I think God wants to say something to him. I'm going to, I'm going to give it a crack. You know, and the more we do, so it's, it's, it's what John Wimber used to call it. He, he used to call it a gracelet. So they're, they're, each one of them are, are, are little pieces of charisma. They're, they're a charis as a gift. So it's, so it's this little, it's this little charis. I'm sure I'm doing great violence to the, to the Greek language at that moment, but, <clears throat> but, but the first time we do it. It's, it's, you know, we almost have the heart attack. We almost think, I'll never do that again ever in my life again. It's, the cost is too high, you know. But the next time, it's not quite so hard. And we find that it, it gets easier. And it, it, it gets easier and easier. And what, what tends to happen is we go from, from just an occasional moment where we, where we think God's asking us to say something prophetic. to and, and prophetic is just simply saying something that we think that God is saying to somebody else. You know, or, or to a group of people. Uh, so, so we do that a little bit. The more we do it, the, the more we find it almost becomes a bit of a ministry to us. You know, our, our most normal thing when we're worshipping is we're almost always thinking, what's God saying? You know, when, when Matthew this morning said, this would be a good moment for us just to pause and to see, you know, see if, anyone, see if anyone's got anything that would bless us as a group of people. Uh, and, and a number of you spoke. And, it was, and it, you know what it did? You delivered words that, that gave each one of us courage. You know, it was it was so so good, and and, and but the, so the more you do it, the more you get you develop this kind of sense of ministry. You, you you just get better at it. That's all it means. And then sometimes, so you know, on on an X Y graph, it's just simply saying that that the first time you get it, it's the the quality is probably not that flash, and the frequency of it's not that flash. It's it's once in a blue moon, but the more we the more we expect, the more we get. To the point where you kind of go, actually, this this whole prophetic thing, I, I'm finding that I'm just I'm seeing the world in a different way, and I'm doing this more and more and more. And sometimes it can turn into, you know, the uh, office is a strange word, but um, but it's but you become an equipper where you help other people do this. Anyway, there's so many things that we could talk about here, but but the biggest thing that I, I guess that I want to uh, that I want to leave us this morning is this: just remembering. That whenever two or three people gather, he's there. He's, he's, his presence is there. His, his, his spirit is there. And he almost always wants to say something. You know, it's a, I, I know it's an overused cliche, but, but right now, you know, th this room is filled with, with um, electromagnetic radiation. You know, the, the sound waves in here. If we could, if we could tune in, you know, if we had the ability somehow to tune our brain to be able to, to, be able to understand 
FM signals and receive them, we'd be hearing a multi. We'd we'd be tuning from Life FM to National Radio to My FM. You know, I mean, we'd be able to hear that exactly. We don't have that ability because we're 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 not designed to be those kind of receivers. But at any moment, the room is filled with what the, the Lord wants to do. This room is absolutely filled with his goodness. It's absolutely filled with his presence. It's absolutely filled with the things that he wants to do for us. You know, and, and it's unending what God wants to do for every one of us in this room here. And this thing of spiritual gifts, you know, as we, as we lead up to, the, to celebrating the day of Pentecost, the, the whole room is filled with this, with this sense of this things, this healings that he'd like to give people, there's words of wisdom that he'd like to give people, there's, there's, messages of, um, there's, there's messages of worship that he'd like to give through an unlearned language. There's, there's, just, there's just so many things that he wants to do. What he's looking for is he's just looking for people who will, just, who will lean in. And I think so much of the, of the gifts of the Spirit is just simply this act of, of figuratively leaning in. You know, and going, is there anything you want to do now, Lord? That's, that's all it is. It's, it's, not, you know, it's pretty rare that, that, that we'll lean in and he says, no, nothing today. bit annoyed with these people. They, they haven't been very good to me. You know, I, I mean, he's just always going to say, I've got something for this person. <clears throat> so my final thoughts are this. Number one, remember these three things. The person who ends up with a gift is the gift receiver. It's, it's what it's for. It's, it, the end user is, is the focus. And all we are, at, you know, at the very best of our ability, all we ever are, are just delivery people. You know, to, be, to move in the gifts of the Holy Spirit says nothing about our character. And, and, and sadly, you know, church history and even current church history is, is replete with people who are, who are badly behaved people who have been given great power, you know, who, who, who God seems to use. And you kind of go, why would God use such a rat bag? Because he's desperate. He's desperate for his gifts to be given to, to get to the people who need to receive them. You know, it, it's, it's, you know, we might think I wouldn't do it that way, but God, God's just this incredibly gracious and generous God. So, so first thing is this, it, it's, it, we're not, we're, all we are in this process is just simply loving servants. We're, we're people who love the person enough to actually take a risk, to lean in and listen and say, is there anything that God wants to say? Uh, second of all, you know, we all start small, you know, and, and, you know, some of us in this room here maybe have never done this. And it's okay to start with something very small that would feel very insignificant because the, the first time you do it, it's terrifying. The second time, it's less terrifying. And to the point where, where it almost feels normal, where you, where you almost, uh, you know, some of the, to, to me, some of the best uh, spiritual gifts that I've received from people, from God, through, through people from God, have been when they haven't actually been packaged in the thus saith the Lord kind of scenario. It's just, someone's just said something really smart. And one of the things, again, in my own life has been this, that, that I've come to recognize that I know myself pretty well. And when I say something that's ridiculously wise, I don't think it's me. <laughs> you know, I've come to recognize, thank you, God. You know, that's, that's really good that you've given me some beautiful wisdom for this moment, for this person. And I don't have to, I don't have to kind of dress it up in anything spiritual. It's just 
What's the wisdom that person needs? Give them the wisdom. Yeah. And I hope this is freeing for us to, to think that it doesn't have to be delivered in a certain way. It's just simply giving the gift to the person. What does that person need? And then, and then third of all would be this, that, that as a congregation, I know one of the things that Jonathan is longing for us to, to, uh, be, a, to be a characteristic of Urban Vineyard is, is that the word try is at the very heart of everything we do. We're going to try this. You know? We're going to keep trying to pray for each other. We're going we're gonna to keep trying to get, to get prophetic messages to one another. We're going to keep trying to give gifts of healing to one another from God. And so I think those are the simple things that, that, that God's up to at this moment, that, that we're, in, we're in this moment where, you know, we can either, we can either ha- there's almost two extremes of, of the spiritual gifts, you know, that they're, that they're super spiritual or that they're super unattainable. You know? but, but it's actually, it's, with everything from God, he wants to make it accessible. You know, he doesn't mess with us. He, does, he doesn't kind of go, I've got these amazing gifts, but it's going to be way too hard for you. You know, it's going to be way too complicated. You're going to have to be such a holy person to be able to do this. Beautiful thing about our Lord is that he just makes it so simple that the, that the newest believer, that the person who doesn't think they've got anything to give, has, is rich with things that they can give.